Day 26. The Story of Two Sisters Who Were Jealous of Their Younger Sister. Part 1. Once upon a time, there reigned over Persia a sultan named Kushrushka, who had been fond of seeking adventures in all parts of the city. Accompanied by one of his officers, and no sooner was his father buried and the ceremonies over that marked his accession to the throne, then the young man hastened to throw off his robes of state and stole out in the simple dress of a private citizen into the less-known streets of the capital. Passing down a lonely street, the sultan heard women's voices in loud discussion. They were each explaining what sort of men they wished to marry. "'I ask nothing better,' cried the eldest, "'than to have the sultan's baker for a husband.' Think of being able to eat that delicious bread baked for his highness alone. I, replied the second sister, should be quite content with the sultan's head cook. What delicate stews I should feast upon. And, as I am persuaded that the sultan's bread is used all through the palace, I should have that into the bargain. You see, my dear sister, my taste is as good as yours. It was now the turn of the youngest sister, who was the most beautiful of the three, and more sense than the other two. As for me, she said, if we are to wish for husbands, nothing less than the sultan himself will do for me. The sultan was so much amused by the conversation he had overheard that he made up his mind to gratify their wishes. He bade the Grand Vizier on the following morning to bring the ladies into his presence. Here, they were presented one by one, and the sovereign abruptly put the question to them. Tell me, do you remember what you wished for last night? Fear nothing, but answer me the truth. They all remained silent, and he hastened to continue. Do not be afraid. I know the wishes formed by each one, who desire to have me for a husband, shall be satisfied this very day, and you too shall be married at the same moment to my baker and to my chief cook. The three sisters flung themselves at his feet, and the youngest faltered out, I am unworthy of the honor you proposed to do me, and I can only ask pardon for my boldness. The other sisters also tried to excuse themselves, but the sultan would hear nothing. So the three weddings were celebrated that same day, but with a great difference. That of the youngest was marked by all the magnificence that was customary at the marriage of the Shah of Persia, while the festivities attending the nuptials of the sultan's baker and his chief cook were only such as were suitable to their conditions. This, though quite natural, was highly displeasing to the elder sisters. Can you possibly understand what the sultan saw in that little cat? said one to the other. For him to be so fascinated by her? He must be quite blind, returned the wife of the chief cook. As for her looking a little younger than we do, what does that matter? You would have made a far better sultana than she. Oh, I say nothing of myself, 
replied the elder. And if the sultan had chosen you, it would have been all very well. However, I will be revenged on her somehow, and I beg you to give me your help. For a long time no plan occurred to the two plotters, but at length the expected birth of an heir gave them the chance for which they had been hoping. They obtained permission of the sultan to take up their abode in the palace for some weeks, and never left their sister night or day, when at last a little boy was born. They laid him in his cradle and carried it down to a canal, which passed through the grounds of the palace. Then they informed the sultan that the sultana had given birth to a puppy. The sultan was so overcome with rage and grief that it was with great difficulty that the grand vizier managed to save the sultana from his wrath. Meanwhile, the cradle continued to float peacefully along the canal, till, on the outskirts of the royal gardens, and it was suddenly perceived by the intendant of the gardens. He was much astonished to see that the cradle contained a beautiful baby. Having no children himself, he decided to take the child and bring him up. "'My wife!' he exclaimed as he went back home. "'Heaven has denied us any children, but here is one that has been sent in their place.' I will do what is needful publicly to recognize it as my son. The wife accepted the baby with joy, and though the intendant saw quite well that it must have come from the royal palace, he did not think it was his business to inquire further into the mystery. The following year, another prince was born and sent adrift, but happily for the baby, the intendant again was walking by the canal and carried it home as before. When the same curious accident was repeated in the third year, the sultan could control himself no longer, and commanded that the sultana should be executed. Let her live, entreated the grand vizier, and banish her from your presence for the rest of her days. That in itself will be punishment enough, the sultan said. Let her live then, but if I grant her life, it shall only be on one condition, which shall make her daily pray for death. Let a box be built for her at the door of the principal mosque, and let the window of the box be always open. Every Mussulman who enters the mosque shall spit in her face in passing. The Grand Vizier saw that it was useless to say more, and, full of triumph, the sisters watched the building of the box, and then listened to the jeers of the people at the helpless sultana sitting inside. But the poor lady bore herself with so much dignity and meekness that it was not long before she had won the sympathy of those that were best among the crowd. But it is now time to return to the fate of the third baby, this time a princess, like its brothers, it was found by the intendant of the gardens, and adopted by him and his wife, and all three were brought up with the greatest care and tenderness. <laughs>